Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, we're going to talk about end of the year and starting now to get ready for next year. So June is the perfect time that we want to start planning and prepping for how we close down this year and begin to plan for next year. Now, this is gonna be a little bit complicated if we are back in school or not back in school at the time of this recording. Who knows what the ministry is going to decide or where you happen to be in Canada, whether or not we are going to be back in school or not back in school. So regardless, there are some things that you can do to plan to close down this year. And again, do some things now, which will make back to school season in the last week of August, first week of September, a lot more smooth sailing if you plan for some things now. So some of the things that you can do now to close down your class and get it ready for summer cleaning as well as for a refresh start for back to school season is number one if there is any packing involved if you need to pack things i would highly recommend you invest in some stackable plastic storage containers number one they are easy to stack and stack and nest very easily they will end up taking up less room than some mishmashed different kinds of boxes even if you don't get the plastic versions and you get cardboard ones, try to get boxes that are all the exact same size. They stack easier, they look neater, and everything is organized. So whether you're putting things in bankers boxes or in plastic storage bins, I would recommend that you buy bins of all of the same size and shape. Now, when you are packing them, make sure to label the bins very specifically with the contents that are inside. Grab one of those plastic sheet protectors, tape the plastic sheet protector onto the bin and put in a list of things that are inside that bin. Whether you put it on the side of the bin or you put it on the lid of the bin, you want a very clear description of what is inside that box. Number one, if it's not see-through, you won't be able to see what's in that box and if you're looking for where your stapler is back to school time, you literally don't want to rifle through eight boxes to figure out where your favorite red stapler is. So label them. And sometimes I would just write office supplies, but there's going to be bigger things like this is where my clipboards are. This is what my stapler is. My sticky notes are in this bin. This is decor items. Make sure if you have it in that plastic cover, number one, the paper itself won't rip and it can always be changed if you need to change the contents of the bin and then you don't necessarily aren't writing on that bin with Sharpie and having to erase it every time you repack the year after year. So that's my recommendation for any time that you've got to pack is pack it up, put it in stackable bins so that they're easy to organize, pack and unpack from spring to the end of the summer and then you're ready to go. Number two is make sure you go and buy very large garbage bags, or you can use the ones that are provided to you by the school, but I like to use the thick ones because they're a bit easier to work with. 
Now, I use the garbage bins to cover up any of the open shelving. I always find in schools over the summer times things get really dusty and grimy. So if I've got baskets or bins that I can leave on a shelf, but I don't want them to get really dusty and grimy over the summer or sweaty, especially if you're in a building with no air conditioning, the stuff on the shelves gets grimy and sweaty, which is gross. So one of the things I found that will help to reduce that is to grab some painters, some really sticky painters tape so that you don't remove any of the paint off of the shelving or the walls. And I get large garbage bags that I can cut open so that they're wide and then I will tape them to both the top and the bottom of the shelf so that any of the contents that are staying on that shelf are going to stay fresh and don't get as dusty. So while they might get sweaty, the dust that will be accumulating through the air through when things are being cleaned isn't going to settle on your stuff. And grimy books are gross. So I recommend grabbing those garbage bags and covering everything you can. Even if you happen to have a bulletin board that you are keeping up, say you have a bulletin board that just kind of stays, maybe it's your schedule or your calendar, I would even cover up any paper products that you want to keep in good condition or not fade over the hot summer sun as it beats in through those classroom windows. So just wrap it up keep it protected um, in the summer, especially when most of these things are probably your personal items. Look through your room right now. If you're in your classroom, think about your room and decide what needs to stay up and what needs to come down. Probably I would keep your borders. If you're happening to be keeping any of your borders or decor items that might be up, keep those up for the year because you don't wanna have to redo your borders if you don't have to. If you happen to be moving classrooms, take everything down if it's not yours or if you inherited it and it's not your style or aesthetic or it's not what you want up in the room, take it and strip it down in the springtime if you can. This is going to allow you to start from fresh in the fall and you won't have to be doing the takedown and the rebuild in the fall. It'll save you a lot of time going ahead. So start with a fresh blank canvas, if you will, to help you organize all of the things. Now the other thing I would suggest is, now this is going to be a little bit of my organizational insanity that helps to keep me happy, but I like to measure all of my furniture pieces. If I have a big table, if I have a big guided reading table or a teacher desk or different tables that might be in the classroom or pieces of furniture, bookshelves, I wanna know the dimensions of those bookshelves so that I can plot out my furniture before I actually have to put it in place or before the custodians in the building are putting it in place. So one of the things I do is I will measure out all of the major pieces of furniture in my classroom and I will record the measurements on just a piece of paper on a clipboard. Then what I end up doing is I come home and very simply create a scaled version of each one of those furniture pieces as well as a layout of my classroom and I will manipulate those pieces of furniture just roughly to kind of see how space can be used in my classroom. If I measure all of the pieces and I can move things around, it gives me a really good idea of how I can utilize the space in terms of making sure I have enough walkways, pathways, how people come in through the doors, the workflow that happens in that classroom, 
where I'm going to put my work area so that it's not just going to be a dumping ground when I walk into the room in the morning, or I'm not going to have dumping grounds in my path. So I found one year if I put my guided reading desk between the door and my teacher desk, that it really just turned out to be that was my dumping ground. But if I moved that away and that path from the front door of my classroom to my teacher desk did not have a dumping area, then I wouldn't use that and I would be more efficient with my organization in the classroom. So I like to really think through that and one of the ways I do that is by measuring the furniture in the room and make sure that I can create a scaled down version. I typically use Keynote and just make boxes and you know, if it's inch, I will measure in inches and then convert it into centimeters. And if it's too big, then I'll cut it in half. Anyways, you can create a scaled version with your drawing images on Keynote and PowerPoint that will allow you to manipulate the furniture just in general. Now, the third is this does not all need to, or I don't even know what number we're on, but this does not all not need to be done by you. There are some activities that you can put into place that will have your students in the classroom helping you to break down and dismantle the classroom. They have been here the entire, well, this year they haven't been there the entire year, but they've been part of this classroom community for the year. So let's use them if we can. If we happen to be in the classroom, let's use our students to help us break down this place. So some of the activities I like to do is a reflection portfolio. Number one, it really hits those metacognitive expectations that they happen to like to add into our curriculum. So we can use this area in June to have students go through their notebooks that we have used throughout the year and have them write a reflection on things they've learned. After they go through that notebook and they are done with the reflection and we are done with that subject, the book goes home, the reflection gets handed in. You can keep the reflection, and if you do it soon enough, some of those reflection comments can also be used as great examples on student report cards. So now you've got your students clearing out their stuff, reflecting on the things that they have learned so far, the growth they have made this year in class. It's this whole reflection piece. You get your metacognitive marks, and you get all of your student stuff taken home. It's a win-win for everybody. The other areas I really like to do is to sort, sorting manipulatives. I want all of the manipulatives to go back in the actual correct bin because inevitably the manipulative buckets have probably been destroyed. My fraction strips are probably no longer in doable sets and they're probably completely disorganized. So we make games about it. We make games where we have to sort and create things. So if we're creating something with pattern blocks and then I say, okay, everybody, put the pattern blocks back, all the yellow ones in here, the green ones in here, the blue ones in here. The activity maybe hit on an expectation, but the whole point of the activity is at the end of the activity, we get things sorted. Take my fraction strips, figure out how many reds turn into an equivalent fraction to the whole. All of a sudden, they now have done an activity and built the kits back up to where they were, and now they're ready to go for the beginning of next year because the students have done activities that have helped me to resort, 
place value blocks, fraction tiles, fraction strips, Cuisiner rods, and pattern blocks all organized back into their starting point because we know we've made a mess of them all year long. The other area I really like to get my students to help sort is to pick through my student library. Now I have accumulated quite a large classroom library over the years and I purge it frequently because really it doesn't matter how big my classroom library is, if students aren't going to actually read the books, what's the point in there being such a huge classroom library? More so with the use of digital books in our classroom, there's less of a need to always have every book in a paperback version. I myself prefer to read digital books and actually don't like having paper books in the books that I personally read. So I do understand that there's going to be a mix, that my classroom library can be a mix of digital materials as well as paperback versions. So because of that, there are dated books in our classroom libraries that just don't look appealing to students. So we go through them. We throw all of the books out onto the carpet. Now they are all sortable because they have stickers on them. We went through and stickered our books one year so all my books have stickers based on author's last name so they can be put back in the order that they're supposed to be on. But we lay out all of the books across the classroom. And then we go through and we have students that pick up their favorite books. Pick a book that looks really attractive and appealing to you. And what book is it that you want to, you wish you would have read this year? They pick up those books and then they have a conversation with their friends about what makes this book appealing? Why, why do I wish I would have read that book or wish I knew that book was there? And then I have them write them down because I actually want to know what books they find most appealing in my classroom library because those are the ones I want to keep and it also helps to inform my purchasing of any new books in the summer for the following year. Because if I know they like certain books, I can buy more books like that. If I know they don't like some books, I can buy books that are not like that. So that helps to inform me. I also look and have them go through books that they think don't look very attractive or appealing. And yes, in here, we are definitely judging books by their covers, but we are also exploring media expectations as to why some books appeal to you and other books don't, and why the cover of that book matters. So we're covering expectations and we're sorting our books. And then students will present books to each other that they think were not as attractive. And these are the books, it's these books that I will go through and purge from. I'm not going to purge every single book that are there because there's definitely going to be some classics, but there may be some books that I need to just get a refresh of those books. And some of those I can easily sell to families because they still want those books, but I want the newer cover version because then it's more appealing to students. I can do some selling and trading of books through Facebook Marketplace or mom's groups or whatever so that we can get some more attractive books for students that meet their needs and their interests where they are. But this is an activity that number one, covers some expectations. Hey, that's always a win in June, but it also helps to sort and purge my classroom library which means that for the following year, I have an organized set library that is ready to go, that is appealing to my students and engaging so they actually read what we have. Now, once our classroom is all clean and organized, the next thing we need to look at is there are gonna be some things that are, we're gonna have to do in September to get our rooms ready 
that if we start now, if we do some things now, it means we don't have to do them in the summer when we want to be sitting on a beach and enjoying our time, perhaps with our friends, fingers crossed. So what are some things that we can do now that will help us to not have to do it later or not have to do it during the summer? So we can do it now in June when we have a bit of time. Number one, reflect on what worked this year in terms of your routines and your strategies. What things you had that were really good ideas in September that you totally dropped off and failed on? Because it just didn't work. It was this great idea you had, I'm gonna try something new, and it didn't work. Reflect on why it didn't work, what went wrong with it, and how you could change that routine or structure or thing you did so that you could actually maintain it for the entire year. How could you improve upon a system that you had in your classroom? What did you learn about this past year with digital and remote learning that you could introduce and incorporate into your classroom? Is it bring your own device? Is it having devices more readily available to your students to complete work through differentiation? What are you going to do? Use your reflections on what worked and what didn't work and think about your routines and rules that you can do. Now, if you want a list to help you plan out some of those routines or give you a guideline, you're going to go to www.madlylearning.com forward slash 185 and you can access the free routine planning page that will help you structure and think through some of the routines or maybe some that you might even overlook. The next is to think about your bulletin boards and if you are changing a theme, if you even have a theme or you're just refreshing some of your tired bulletin borders, measure your bulletin boards and plan out what exactly you're going to need. If you know the perimeter of your boards and you know those perimeter measurements, you will more efficiently be able to purchase borders for your classroom so that you're not spending more than you need and you don't have to start running to the teacher supply store or getting them shipped to you with half your borders done in September. So if you are in a new classroom or you're going for a refresh or doing something different in your room with your borders on your bulletin board, figure out the measurements for your boards now and then plan out how much material you will need and order it so that it is there and ready to go for September and then order just a little bit extra. The other thing you could do is if you know what your schedule is, if you have a tentative schedule, plan out what your plan book is going to look like. Design the page or buy the page, how you want to plan out your day. Get that ready and photocopied in your school photocopier. Try to get that done in June so that you have a little bit of that book ready to go so that you're, that's not, it's just one last thing you have to do in September. If you have a newsletter, or a newsletter template that you often follow for your back to school newsletter, try to write it now because then there's, again, less to do later. If you have supplies that you can order, see if you can go to your office administrator and get support in ordering those supplies now so that they can show up and be ready by the end of the year or they'll at least be there for September. The last thing you want to have to do is start day one with no notebooks and no pencils. I've been there, don't do it. It is terrible. You are running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't have the supplies to actually start on day one. So if you have the ability to order them now, plan out what notebooks you're going to need, what duotangs you're gonna need, how much paper you might need, and try to get that ordered now so that it is ready to go for September day one. 
And finally, if you have your teaching assignment and you know what your teaching assignment is and you have a rough timetable, spend some time planning out your timetable now as best you can, remembering the guidelines of what you should be teaching when and begin to negotiate with your principal. And if you don't have your schedule yet, approach your principal with what you are teaching now and how you could plan that out. Well, it's not too late. So if you have a preliminary schedule from your administration and you are not sure exactly what you, you know, you've got some negotiable subjects between you and a teaching partner, Sit down and review the expectations for minutes for each one of your subject areas and remind your administrator, remind your teaching partners what you are supposed to teach and what they need to teach. If you have a teacher that is assigned to teach your class during a period of instruction during your week, please ensure that that teacher is teaching something, is covering some aspect of the curriculum because it will ease the burden on you from having to teach more in less time if you have time where, say, they're taking them for library but not reporting on anything. You want to try to, as professionally as possible, advocate for yourself now to negotiate what your teaching responsibilities will be in the fall, especially if it is not clearly defined. Go in prepared with saying, I have 100 minutes a day of language, I have 100 minutes a week of science, 100 minutes a week of social studies, I have 300 minutes of math, and then arts is in there as well, as well as French. How can we fit that all in so that things can be covered? Some people are teaching my class more than the mandatory time, so are there some things that we can have in place that allow them to cover more subjects? These are things that you can begin to do to negotiate now to make the ease in your responsibilities a little more equitable when it comes to September. It's a difficult conversation to have, but it's an important one, one that is easier to be done now than once back to school has already started. So I hope this is giving you some ideas of things that you can do to close down your classroom now and open it back up for September. And more you can do now in June, the easier it's going to be for you back to school when we are ready to go. Now, back to school season is here, but the summertime is great for PD. And I want you to hop on over to www.madlylearning.com and sign up for our weekly emails. We send out emails of all of the amazing things happening and we have some huge PD opportunities and fun events going all summer long to keep supporting you in developing your literacy programs as well as your science and social studies programs too. We have lots of exciting news and things coming to you. We have expanded our grade level products so that we are offering more materials than we have ever offered before here at Madly Learning and we don't want you to miss a thing. So go to www.madlylearning.com forward slash sign up and you will be on our email list and you too can never miss the next thing that is coming your way so you are on top of all of the great events that we have planned for you all summer long and beyond. Thank you so much for joining me. We will be here next week for another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. 
Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. <laughs>